Yeah, I feel you. Welcome to Mugs of Mystery. I'm Monty Morgan. And I'm Casey Combs. And today we are talking about the disappearance of Rico Harris, a basketball star who never fully lived up to his potential and went missing in Northern California in 2014. Well, hell yeah. I love basketball, Casey Combs. (laughs) No, you don't. It's like my second favorite sport. That's a lie, too. You're right. Did all your sports teams lose this year? Um, Yes. As a matter of fact, they did. That's sad. They did, now that I think about it. But thanks for bringing that up again. That's cool. Hey, no problem, man. got that to look forward to. I'm here for you. I appreciate it. How the hell are you? How's your day been? It was a busy day, but it was, I mean, it wasn't a bad day. It was just a busy day. Right on. I didn't do anything all day, and it's been absolutely wonderful. Nothing all day? Did you work? I did. I went to work. But you didn't do anything at work? (laughs) No. We didn't have any work, really. I'm surprised they didn't send you home. Um, I considered it. I would have gone home. Sending myself home, but a bill turned in his notice today or mm-hmm. yesterday. When did he leave? Um, I think this is his last week, honestly. Oh dang! I think he only gave one week's notice. Our HR lady got fired. Oh. Yep. Are we allowed to talk about that? Um, I mean, I don't know. I won't say any names. Okay. But she got fired. I guess she's no longer with the company. That's what we were told. She's no longer with the company. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. She got canned. Yeah. She was nice, though. I did like her. R.I.P. Rip. Is that the lady that uh, signed her emails, like, um, uh, to the moon and back oh, or whatever it is? Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. No, that was our other HR. We Look, since I've been here, there's been one, two, three, like five different HR people. That's some serious human resourcing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a problem. <laughs> it sounds like it. How bad are the employees? They're like, hell no. We're pretty awful. Burn her at the stake. <laughs> Got the new HR lady. No, I think what it's it's because they try and split them up between two locations, and I think it's a lot, a lot, a lot of stress and dysfunction, and so I think most of them just kind of like fade off into the distance. Yeah, they just leave. So I mean, how hard can an HR job be? Probably pretty hard. I feel like it'd be pretty hard. I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff they have to do. People are great. You love people, but you also have to do things for, to not only help the people, but you have to follow company policies. And there's going to be a lot of company policies that don't necessarily help the people. See, that's why I'd be a good HR person. I'd be like, you see this policy right here? Fuck that policy. (laughs) That's not how it works. I see. I feel like I'd be a shoe in for that job. Be like (laughs) HR. For the people, by the people. And you'd have to do all the, uh, like, when we were furloughed, she had to do all the unemployment stuff. See, that's not my responsibility. Well, that's HR's responsibility. No. (laughs) No. No, I'm going to need an assistant for that part. (laughs) She has an assistant, had an assistant, who I thought was 12. I thought it was, like, her granddaughter. There's thing the, that was here just hanging out. Yeah, that's the problem is you got a 12-year-old in there with crayons coloring well, all over Maybe that's shit. the problem. <laughs> just throwing things away. Anyway. Anywho. My eyeballs are going to fall out of my skull. What's wrong with you? I think I'm allergic to everything. Did the cat girl come back over? No, we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, she did not come back over. I haven't seen her since. She was a nice girl. It was a great date. It's a shame she has cats. That is, that's... That's sad. I'm sorry. That's okay. We still get along. We still talk from a distance, like over the texters. Texters. <laughs> yeah. 
the phones. <laughs> Over the texters. Over the texters. But anyway. Our poor little puppy is lovesick right now. Um, Bo. Bobo. Mm-hmm. Bo the Bobo. Uh, so he's not neutered yet, and Puka is old, and she's not fixed, and Puka is in heat, and so Bo has lost his mind oh. all day long, all night long. All you hear is, woo, 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 That sounds terrible. It's, I mean, it's very annoying, but you can't get mad at him. Like, I feel bad. He just wants to fuck something. That's <laughs> <laughs> all he wants. Oh, sure, but when I do it, everyone's like, look at this pervert. <laughs> cool. Poor okay. guy. Well, let's let's get into this. Let's All right, let's do let's this. Let's talk about Rico Harris, the uh point guard for the New Orleans Bloomers. Close. You are so close. Was I? No. <laughs> I don't do that. I thought... <laughs> are those at least any of those a thing? Um, the point guard is a thing. I do does New Orleans have a basketball team? I feel like maybe they do. Yeah, don't look don't it up. Know. It's the Bloomers. Let's just let's get back into the show. I'm gonna check it out. It's probably it's probably the bloomers. The Pelicans. No. Yeah, the Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans. That's a really shitty name for a basketball team. Right? That's kind of what I thought, too. It should be like the New Orleans Jazz or something. New Orleans Saxophones. Yeah, the red beans and rice. <laughs> Gumbo. Mm. Jambalaya. Yeah. Gator Bites. That's oh. what they should have been. New Orleans Gator Bites. New Orleans Gator Bites. <laughs> you know about gators boy it gives me flashback to that terrible date i went on that with pimp oh. <laughs> you'll have to listen to pines of the round table for that story i don't even know what episode honestly <laughs> okay rico omar harris was born may 19th 1977 he was the oldest of four children and born to a former idaho state basketball star henry harris and his young wife margaret fernandez don't you laugh at me <laughs> Uh, Henry was playing in the semi-professional league in Los Angeles before moving to Oregon and taking a job offer. Henry was, for the most part, a loving husband and father. However, alcoholism alcoholism caused him to turn violent and abusive towards his wife and children. That's not good. Mm. Uh, Most often, this violence was directed towards his oldest son, Rico. So he named his son Rico after himself, Rico. His name's Henry. Oh, yeah. Get it together, Monty. Come on. Uh, The family moved back to Los Angeles, and Margaret decided to leave her husband. Working full-time to support her four children, Rico began. Rico, being the oldest, was the one who held the family together. He briefly considered becoming an actor and attended Hollywood High School. So is that an actual high school? Or is like Hollywood High School like a thing? I don't know if it's... I mean, I would just... Because Hollywood is like a place, so... Believe it or not, I'm well aware of that. Do you know that? Well, yeah. Hollywood Senior High School. It's an actual... Okay. Well, I didn't know if that was... um, code for acting school i mean i'm sure it's probably got like a lot of theater in it probably right i mean i don't know maybe he was confused maybe he just thought oh high performing arts magnet new media academy magnet i don't know what any of that means i didn't have that in high school well that was a long trip from the family home in alhambre am i saying that right do we know Mm. Okay, and Alhambre. Despite the difference Rico and his father experienced, he longed to be close to Henry and sought after this affection and approval well into his adulthood. The basketball gene did not skip Rico, and he was talented and sought after basketball player throughout his career. He was said to have played like Lamar Odom. That's a basketball player. Uh, yeah, it has the, <laughs> the Odom Ote. When he'd throw the ball, they'd be like, oh, Ote, right? Oh, I don't know. He had that big, long, like, Right into the basket, and they would say, oh, Tay, with the big O. Maybe. How do you know that? I know my basketballs. <laughs> basket. 
Um, and emulated the style of Magic Johnson. A great magician, by the way. Rico was born with the body of a basketball. I supposed to say star. Okay. It was Sorry. born with the body of a basketball. He's round as shit. <laughs> he was born with the body of a basketball star. In high school, he was 6'8 and weighed 215 pounds. He was a sensation on the court and transformed a previously undistinguished Temple City program into a statewide contender. Uh, early on, Rico was Drew College Scouts. Just forget the was. Look, I was trying to type okay. this with my cat on my gotcha. lap. Okay. Well, early on, Rico was Drew's college. Early on, Rico. <laughs> early on, Rico drew college scouts. I have slow brain, Casey Combs. I got a slow brain sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Rico was initially a shy and poor student. However, he met an academically inclined student who helped him with his studying. Rico began to improve both socially and academically, earning a 3.0 GPA. His basketball career continued to take off, averaging 28 points and 15 rebounds a game during his senior season. He was recognized as one of the best high school players in the Western U.S. during the 1994 and 1995 season. Other recognized students during this time included Chauncey Billups, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry, all who went on to have a long, successful careers in the NBA. Hell yeah, I know all those dudes. No, you don't. Oh yeah, dude, Chauncey Billups? Uh-huh. Yeah, he had the thing where he threw the ball, they'd be like, Chauncey! <laughs> <laughs> what? what what did what did paul pierce do what was his thing oh he'd throw the ball and they go paul yeah paul <laughs> and of course jason terry that's a given <laughs> they called him traveling terry he was smooth like butter got away with traveling all the time so yeah. you know what traveling is hell yeah dude i do it all the time when i go on vacations a former head coach of UCLA, Jim Herrick, had his eye on Harris throughout his high school career and recruited him to be part of a team including Zach Marbury and Lamar Odom to the University of Rhode Island. However, Rico's SAT scores did not allow the college to extend the scholarship offer. Rico decided to attend Arizona State under Prop 48, which limited him to taking classes during his freshman year to regain his eligibility. So wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So he got to retake them? I think Prop 48 means that you are accepted on a scholarship, but you can't play until you have your grades up and you're uh, eligible to play again. Okay. But I think it's like, I mean, I don't know this. I could be very wrong. I feel like there's very strict, like, in hey. order to even be here freshman year, and if you're not back up by sophomore year, then you're... Gotcha. You're good as shit. We want you, but buckle get down and get your shit together. Right on. That's I cool, think. Though. I'm not sure. Uh, Rico's previous demeanor began to come back, and he struggled both socially and academically again. In March of 1996, he was arrested on a charge with unlawful imprisonment along with two teammates after two women said the players had forced them to perform sex acts against their will. However, charges were dropped after investigators had uncovered inconsistencies in the two women's story. I don't like that. Nonetheless, Harris was asked to sit out the next season by the university. Instead of sitting out, Harris chose to return to California and attend Los Angeles City College, LACC, a junior college with plans of improving his grades to play for Herrick in Rhode Island as originally planned. Coach Mike Miller let him play the game the way Rico wanted to, shooting three-pointers, leading fast break with no-look passes, etc. He was Lamar Odom before Lamar Odom, a teammate com commented. Well. <laughs> Rico was the team star and was regarded as the best player on the court. He was averaging 16.5 points and 14 rebounds a game, and NBA scouts regularly 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 yeah. attended games in hopes Harris would consider foregoing a college career completely once he was old enough to join the NBA. That year, 
Rico was named the MVP and led the school to the first ever California Community College Athletic Association state title. Shortly after, Rico signed his letter of intent to play for Rhode Island. However, his academics started to come back to bite him again when Harris stopped attending a psychology class needed to pass, leaving him ineligible. There was speculation that he failed deliberately to avoid having to move far from his hometown. Like I have cotton mouth right now. Well, you have pothead junkie. <laughs> That's what it is. So they, he was just skipping college completely? I think, but he was going to uh, college. Oh, he's just skipping getting his degree just to go straight to NBA. Yeah, that's what the NBA was hoping. I think just because he was so good, and the NBA scouts were coming, hoping if he was in college, why they couldn't they just pick him up now? I mean, I guess you have to be a certain age. I don't know. Knowing as much as I know about basketball, I should probably know that. You should totally know that. Um, he, you have to be 19 to play in the NBA. Oh, well, he was already in college? Yeah, so he just had I to mean, get through I, his freshman year then. Basically, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a no-brainer. That's easy to get your millions, I feel I like. I mean, that's what a smart person would do. Oh, so now he's stupid. I didn't say that. <laughs> that's not what I said. You're correct. Well, Rico returned to uh, LACC for a second season. His second season, however, looked much different than the first. He lost focus of his school <laughs> okay. and began parting heavily with his brothers. He was drinking beer during the day to stave, stave off his hangovers from drinking harder liquors the night before. I mean, that's relatable. We've all been there at least once or twice. Same. You know, I haven't drank all month. I know. I'm proud of you. It is January 28th, and I've had a total of like three three beers the whole month so Hell yeah look at me go look at you go especially like in this crazy stressful time mm. trying to read trying to buy a house trying to read's the hardest at some point you're gonna have to get back on the wagon i know no i'm just kidding you stay off the wagon as long as you want we'll just circle it until you're ready i need to just learn how to like hop on and off the wagon responsibly yeah most people can have three or four beers and call it a day most people can casey can <laughs> <laughs> However, this did not seem to affect his playing. He showed up to a game wearing heavy sunglasses. Well, that's somebody quoting that. Who is this? His coach? He showed up to a game wearing heavy sunglasses. He was probably up all night and got no sleep, but still dropped like 35 points that game. A teammate later commented, The team did not make it as state champions during his second season, and Rico was said to be a disruptive influence during the season. The relationships between Rico and his teammates began to sour. I was playing against my own teammates and coaching staff, Rico said. So is that him thinking that... They were out to get him, I think. Right. That he's playing, they're playing against him because he's so good or that. Um, I feel like maybe it could have been, I mean, and this is all speculation. It could have maybe been because he was so good and he like knew he was the best, you know, kind of got a little like he was so good. ego about it. And then I'm sure he was just also, he's that alcoholic that shows up to practice late and you can tell he's not really taking it seriously and you're you know you're working your ass off so you, you already had like this aminosity aminosity towards him maybe yeah well rico's alcoholism only seemed to increase and the season continued this would cost him his relationship with his girlfriend who had helped him get his grades up while in high school Recruiters continued to call and reach out to Harris, believe they were only interested in his athletic ability. Yeah, the recruiters. I know. That's what I thought, too. And, and not I, his They don't care about you. They yeah. care about, yeah, they care about what you can do on the court. <laughs> yeah. Be like a mathematician calling and being like, well, you can't come be a mathlete unless you can swing a, a bat into the bucket. You know, I was in mathletes for a year. <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> Just kidding. I wish I was a mathlete. I'm really bad at math. Great with words, though, I hear. Uh, he, decided to <laughs> he decided to declare himself for the NBA draft in 1998. Still seeing potential in Rico, NBA scouts invited him to a pre-draft amp in Chicago. 
I suppose to say camp. Oh, I see. I would never know. I don't know shit about basketball. I mean, pre-draft amp, does that even make sense? Uh, most of the things in basketball don't make sense to me. We should hire a proofreader. How are we going to do that? I don't know, but I need to hire a proofreader. <laughs> I've finally got an artist. Now i got to find a proofreader. <laughs> <laughs> um, he decided to declare himself, fuck, we should also hire someone that can mark my spot. <laughs> but with what seems par for the course for Rico, he did not attend and withdrew from the draft, stating he believed he was not ready for the challenge. That's weird. He didn't want to I think go he was from, scared. Yeah. He didn't want to leave home. Uh, Rico still had an opportunity to play for Rhode Island as originally hoped. Rhode Island head coach Herrick called Bobby Braswell. Man, these all sound like coaches. Mm-hmm. We had Philip something earlier. <laughs> Philip, Philip. Uh, anyway, the head coach at Cal State Northbridge in 1998. Braswell commented, commented he thought Rico was calling out for guidance. When Braswell congratulated Rico on signing with Rhode Island, Rico said that's not happening. He did not want to move so far away from home and instead asked to play for Braswell and Northbridge. Rico went on to play for Northbridge, but his alcoholism and per- personal difficulties continued to plague him and his basketball career. He was briefly suspended from the team for getting in arguments with team members. His drinking continued to increase. His drinking continued to increase was also sidelined for five games due to a hip pointer. Due to a hip pointer? Yeah, that's, a, that's an injury. A hip pointer. Like when, if like if you like, um, how do I explain? I think it's like when you take an elbow to the hip and you like got a big bruise type of thing. Okay. It's a real thing. That's not a typo. <laughs> I believe you. Like I said, your typos, I don't know anything about basketball. You just be like, what's a hip? It's a contusion on the pelvis caused by a direct blow or a bad fall. All right. I thought just a sweet way to say finger guns. <laughs> Well, NBA scouts started to notice, and those that had previously followed his career noticed that his performance was off, and he was, at best, unreliable. That's disappointing as fuck. (laughs) You are, at best, unreliable. Uh, He was taken off the list of prospects near the end of the season in Northbridge, and after being suspended again, he would never play college basketball again. That's just sad for him. It is sad. It sounds like he was very talented, and he had a lot of—he just kept making the wrong choice. But he didn't want to be away from home. He didn't want to, you know, there's there's a lot of weird things there. Well, there's that. But then, I mean, you there's a lot of schools you can play close to home. He's that good. Any school's going to take him, you know. But then he's drinking, so he's just a trouble troublemaker, really. Yeah. But why is he drinking, though, too? Is it something else? Because his dad used to beat him when he was little. Sometimes his dad I'm, was an alcoholic. Sometimes I'm glad I never had a dad. <laughs> Rico had not completely given up his dream of playing professional ball and took up semi-professional ball like his father had before him. He had short stints with the International Basketball League San Diego Stingrays and St. Louis Storm. He also played a few games with a traveling team put together by Master P during... Master P. Master P. Uh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> during P. this time, Rico drank less and worked on his jump shot in hopes that the NBA had not lost all interest in him. In the spring of 2000, Rico joined the Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. At first, he seemed to have found his niche, but after a month, he was out driving with a girlfriend in South L.A. when he got into a dispute with some people. While confronting them, he was hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat. He was able to leave the scene and drove off. However, he soon began having intense headaches and trouble keeping his balance. Well, yeah, he got hit in the head with a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me just drive symptoms, off about it. These symptoms persisted, and he had to leave the Globetrotters. At age 24, his basketball career was over before it even began. Damn, that's sad. Have you ever seen the Globetrotters? Um, I mean, on like TV, never in real life or anything. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 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 
Rico returned to live with his mother after a short stint with the Globetrotters with no job prospects and no plans of what he might do. Basketball, it seems, had been his only real plan. Not long after moving home, he picked up the bottle again. His mother continued to take care of Rico along with his other three siblings. All four had some sort of substance addiction. Rico soon grew and he added to heroin and meth to his preferred substances. He would sniff Ajax just to feel a burn, a friend recalled. You know what? That's just dumb shit. I feel like that's a big move, though, going from just being an, you know, an alcoholic to heroin and meth. Is that not a big move? Or? Yeah, I feel like that's a huge move, but I think the even bigger move is just snorting Ajax to feel the burn. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Throughout the 2000s, Rico experienced multiple relapses and was res- arrested over 100 times. Jeez usually for public intoxication. He would sometimes beg in the streets to fund his habits. In 2007, shortly after turning 30, Rico had finally decided to change. He had overdosed on prescription medications and decided to try to enter a rehab facility operated by the Salvation Army. Rico completed the program and had seemed to recover. He soon moved out of his mother's house and soon, and then met Jennifer Song from Seattle. They started dating in 2012, spending long weekends in each other's city. Aww. I, he, I mean, he didn't really recover, though, right? Because, I mean, you can never recover from alcoholism. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Yeah, I and mean, they still call it recovery, though. No, that's true. I mean, that's the Good word point. for it. But, I mean, yeah, they, once you're an addict, you're always an addict in theory. Mm-hmm. But I feel like some of that labeling is probably old terminology, you know? Probably. I mean, if, yeah. I, have, if I have two beers twice a week, I'm considered an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of weird to me, you know? I think it depends on why you were having those beers. If like, I have, if you feel like you need to have them. There's no? no no why about it. I mean, when I got that DUI forever ago, remember I had the blow and go in my car when you still <laughs> lived in Kansas? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but, when I would just drive by your house to pick you up because I knew you weren't going to keep your car. <laughs> <laughs> I only couldn't start my car because I went out with you the night before, Casey Combs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm not an alcoholic, but by the standards, if you have two beers with your steak dinner or whatever you eat more than twice a week, you are considered an alcoholic, which I think is nuts to me. Yeah, that is a little crazy. But what if I just have one beer three nights a week? Is that the limit? <laughs> like, where's the... Anyway. By 2014, Rico and Jennifer had started taking talking of marriage and kids. After a dispute with his roommate, Rico moved in with Jennifer in Seattle with plans of making the move permanent. I feel like, never mind. Making a relationship? I just feel like kids aren't ever a good idea. But that didn't come out right, sorry. (laughs) Kids are a great idea. Aiden and Fallon. Of course. You heard it first. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. That wasn't this episode, kids. I just feel like it's just a weird move to go from snorting Ajax to... To kids? Yeah, right away. But I guess it was a couple of years. Anyway, um, making the relationship change from long distance to live in caused friction between Jennifer and Rico. However, Rico was determined and continued with plans to move to Seattle. He changed his driver's license and arranged job interviews. Rico wanted to visit his mother and siblings before making the move permanent. Uh, Jennifer believes that his intent was to reach some sort of closure with him from his childhood problems. On October 9th, he returned home. His visit with his family, however, was brief. He took one of his brothers out to eat and gave him a new cell phone, then returned to his mother's place hoping to speak with her privately. Shortly after midnight, he left, taking a few personal items he had with him left at his mother's. Rico had a job interview for a property appraiser the next month in Seattle. The next morning in Seattle. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) The next morning in Seattle. Uh, He drove north on the... I-5? Mm-hmm. Okay. He drove north on the I-5. Records show that he'd stopped 
in Lodi, 40 miles south of Sacramento, to fuel up his car. At 10.45 a.m. on October 10th, he called Jennifer from just north of Sacramento and left a message saying that he was going up to the mountains to rest. At 11.15, his phone turned off. No one has heard from Rico or been able to positively identify him since. Now, Jennifer called Rico's mother when Rico failed to return to Seattle, and she was unable to reach him. Margaret Fernandez, Rico's mother, had mentioned that he had once disappeared in San, Di- San Diego for a few hours, and they decided to wait before making an official report to see if anyone would return his own, see if he'd return on his own. By October 14th, Rico had, been miss- had missed the job interview, and something had gone wrong. He was then reported missing to the Alhambra police. He just disappeared. Poof. The afternoon of October 14th, the Yolo County deputy patrolling along the stretch of Route 16 near Cache Creek saw a black Nissan Maxima in a county's in a county park's parking lot for the second day straight. When the deputy looked inside, he saw CDs, credit cards, and multiple papers scattered around. The car had not been re- reported stolen, and the county sheriff's office contacted the Alam. How are you saying that? Alhambra? Alhambra? I could be completely wrong. The Alhambra police, once they found the car, was registered registered to a Rico Harris. They informed Fernandez that Rico's car had been found, but he had not been but he had not been found. A search of the surrounding area of Cash Creek Canyon started shortly afterwards. Teams looked all over the lightly forced forested terrain surrounding the creek. They were assisted by teams on four wheelers and helicopters, as well as an airplane with thermographic camera and search dogs. The area within a five mile radius was searched, as well as a twenty seven mile area of Route sixteen through the canyon. After three days, nothing had been found. I feel like that's a lot of area. That is a lot of area. But I mean, when you're searching for somebody, you don't really... Right. You know, you you search an area, I guess. At the time of his disappearance, Rico was six foot nine and weighed 300 pounds. He was a large, intimidating, large guy. Yeah, that's why I searched so much area. He's bigger than most people. They're like, we got to double the radius. (laughs) How could such a large person disappear so easily? Right. I mean, really, do you think... Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. After his description was circulated around the area, a few sightings had been reported. One sighting was along Route 16 when a waitress reported seeing a man's man fitting Rico's description walking along the road at 530 on October 11th. Another passerby believed he had seen Rico sitting on a guardrail overlooking the creek. Eight days after the voice message left in Jennifer's voicemail, another sighting was reported. A motorist had driven past the parking lot where the Nissan had been and he told police he saw a large man wearing light-colored pants like what Harris was reported to reported to have been wearing. The next day, when investigated, a set of fresh footprints left by a size 18 sneaker consistent with Rico's foot, foot size were found leading from the parking lot to the creek. Size 18. Yeah, it was either him or Bigfoot that left it, and Bigfoot I don't mean... wear shoes. <laughs> he that, might. That we know of. He might wear shoes. Bigfoot? Yeah. Hell no, Bigfoot's a wook, man. <laughs> Out there selling grilled cheeses for a dollar with no shoes. God, I'm grilled cheese so bad. Yeah, grilled cheeses are delicious. Yeah, it sounds really good right now. Oh, they're all buttery and wonderful. Man, do you remember when Q-Tip tried to make me a grilled cheese? When, did she try to make you a grilled cheese or did you make grilled cheeses and we were eating our grilled cheeses and then she just like took my plate because apparently (laughs) I was done eating even though there was a half a grilled cheese left. (laughs) I'm not saying she wasn't hungry. I think that's what happened. No, no, the time she tried to make me grilled cheeses, she buttered the insides of them. Oh, (laughs) And then put the cheese in and then tried to toast the outsides. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, the butter melts through, right? And I was like, no. It's like one time I had to call my mom. Well, actually, probably more than one time I've had to call my mom and ask how to make a grilled cheese. I forgot. (laughs) I really only eat grilled cheese if I'm not feeling well. And if I'm not feeling well, obviously, I'm not making the grilled cheese. So, look. 
I'll you make you what? grilled cheese. Thank you. You're welcome. Christy makes me grilled cheese Ooh. when I don't feel good, but I like to sprinkle Parmesan on them when they're almost done toasting, and then flip them back over so the cheese gets like a little crunchy on the outside, little mm. crunchy cheese. Crunchy niblets. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Rico's backpack was found left by the side of the road about 1,500 feet. Feet. 1,500 feet. Oh, that's what the, got it. You should know that. <laughs> I, I, I do. I just was basketball. <laughs> found about 1,500 feet from the guardrail. He was reported to have been sitting on. In it, investigators found his phone and charger. Oh, shit. Sorry, I don't know why that was exciting. <laughs> the phone contained pictures of the creek and some selfies, including one which Rico was standing in front of a sign welcoming drivers to Yolo County. There were also videos thought to have been taken by accident of Rico singing in his car. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Just flinging CDs around and shit. Uh, these videos were timestamped October 10th. And that's the day he was missing, right? They, um, they didn't call till the 14th, right? They didn't call till the 14th, but I think the 10th was when he was supposed to have been back home, yeah. Well, on October 22nd, the sheriff's office announced that they would be scaling back the, scaling back the search and rescue. Divers had been called in to search the creek in mid-November. These searches resulted in nothing. And that's it. That's all the evidence that was left, or at least what we all know about. The detective who worked the case ruled out foul play. It doesn't seem like, yeah, very much foul play he either just disappeared or i mean it really yeah it sounds like he just disappeared but i feel like if he offed himself wouldn't they have found him like yeah but i guess you know four days is a if he was walking the whole four days he could get quite a ways away so right i mean if it's mountainy terrain and stuff too i mean even if he i mean i don't know how big the creek is they dived but if it's a good flowing river he could be Mm -hmm. well on his way somewhere i mean who knows maybe just walk to the next town and off himself there Anyway, uh, this de- this detective's theory is that Rico may have taken a wrong turn after getting gas, continued to drive further, and stopped to take a nap when he found the parking lot. When he woke up later that day, the detectives the detective believes unresolved issues came back to haunt Rico, and he may have decided to not continue to, s- to Seattle. After wandering the area, enjoying the scenery, he returned to his car and found it missing. That's fucking disappointing. Right? <laughs> Uh, his thought is that the backpack may have been left by Rico to help him find his way back. From there, he either walked into the woods or towards another town. We have no sightings, so he probably got a ride, the detective says. I think that's a really bad theory. I feel like it's a really disappointing theory, Yeah, too. I feel like that's just... Can you imagine being his mom and like, well, well, he probably got a ride. But he put his backpack down to find his way back? What? I mean... That's it not, doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, to maybe to mark your spot if you had some rope to tie to it and walk along. But you wouldn't leave your belongings. That's mm-hmm. a really, really bad theory. Yeah, I don't agree with it. But it doesn't really seem foul play-ish either, so... I agree. That's it. Not very exciting. You just disappeared just up and out of nowhere. That's what he gets for being so tall. <laughs> you're just mad because you're short. Well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm very tall for a short man. <laughs> Okay, part two of the show. Beep, beep. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> it's an hour and a half of beeps. <laughs> um, all right, well, some of this isn't all cryptids. Somebody probably ran into something. That sounds like it. <laughs> oh, man, somebody ran into the pole the other, I don't know why, but on one side, there's this little, there's this big pole. It's painted yellow. Mm-hmm. You can't miss it. And apparently, he came around the corner and he hit it so hard that the forklift bent up. Damn. Like, right? <laughs> Can you imagine how hard you'd have to hit something? Yeah, he was cruising. 
Problem is, you can't miss it. You said it yourself. You, you stupid. You dumb. Why am I dumb? I'm just repeating your words. You know what? All right. Let's 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 just talk about okay. these meth heads. All right. So we got we got some stories for you. <laughs> uh, stolen body parts and meth. Um, a demented ghoul did strange things to dead bodies while living in Davis, which Davis County is very close. I think it's like 15 minutes or something from Yolo County or some shit. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, in July 2003, 47-year-old David Lawrence Bale was arrested after decomposing and mummified human body parts were found near a dumpster at Slatter's Court, where he'd lived previously. Uh, subsequent investigations uncovered an additional 157 pounds of body parts in an olive drive storage locker. That's a whole person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in a shed behind his home on Irma Lane in the Royal Oak Mobile Home Park, which I would expect nothing less, honestly. Um, it included a hand, a spinal cord, fetuses, whole organs, and two fully intact, well-preserved heads. A Beale, a self-taught autopsy tech, admitted to collecting the parts for study over a 15-year period. Collecting? Just collecting them? How do you just collect body parts? I feel like the same way you get a lucky rabbit's foot. You kill a person? Just some time and some patience and patience. (laughs) 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 I didn't mean for that to come out. I cracked myself up. (laughs) Hold on. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm almost better. Okay, um, yeah, the same way you get rabbit's feet, right? Collect them. Because he was an autopsy tech. Did autopsy? He was a self-taught autopsy tech. Well, yeah. I feel like that means he probably, was he an actual autopsy tech or was he just like saying that? Well, let's find out. Oh my God. <laughs> well, if you knew the person, you wouldn't have recognized the face. He basically put some small stuff underneath the trailer so that bugs would eat the remain, remaining issues of the bones. So he'd have clean bones. Our take is that he's very interested in anatomy. And so he would take these home and take them apart, he said, being Police Chief Lieutenant Jim Herrett. He kind of just set up an illegal lab, if you will, in his home. Which, by the way, everyone loves this guy. Hmm. Hmm. Except for you, apparently. Does he look weird? I feel like he looks weird. I haven't looked him up. Uh, his He was arrested on felony charges of suspicion of removing human remains with the intent to sell or dissect possession of stolen weapons and possession of methamphetamine the two severed human heads were found in his refrigerator by a police officer he claimed that the body parts were all stolen from the morgue and were not from murder victims <laughs> yeah the, i didn't kill nobody just took the heads Dang. um he was never charged with murder um in any case the guy was not entirely mentally stable believe it or not he clearly had a bizarre obsession with cutting up human bodies uh, living with severed human heads hoarding human remains and loved to leave decomposing body parts under his trailer so however this may not be an urban legend but many seem to think there's some sort of occult following cover-up going on here a lot of that has to do with how everyone there seems to love this guy and be entirely okay with him hacking up and collecting body parts his boss and the police were quoted saying He's a really great guy and very well preserved. If you had known the person, you wouldn't recognize the face about the heads. Uh, people wonder if this was some sort of fetish, Harrod said. Well, he seems to have a legitimate interest in human physiology, and he'd bring this stuff home to dissect it. Bill's former boss described him as reliable employee with a flair for dissection. He worked as an autopsy assistant for the company for 11 years and left in 2001 to take another job. What a creep. I'm just still blown away that everybody loves the guy. Well, I tried to find a picture of him. And so I Googled David Lawrence Beale human remains, um, and there's a picture of David Schwimmer for some reason on here. Mm. (laughs) 
Um, Maybe that's the head. And uh, uh, what's the what's the Arrested Development guy? What's it? Or no, not not Arrested Development. Oh my god! <laughs> what is his name? I don't know. He's bald. He's he's got a show that makes fun of everything. It's, oh my. Mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Who's that guy? I couldn't tell you. I don't even know what that show is. I don't watch TV, Casey Combs. Larry David. There's a picture of Larry. Never mind. This has nothing to do with the thing. Um, so he was just like a big kid who used to like, he was the kid that would dissect frogs and stuff. And then when he grew up, he just kept doing that, but with people. But with peoples. But with peoples. Um, cow on a roof. In the 1980s, a group of residents from Tesseros D building stole a cow late one night from a local dairy cattle facility and led it up the stairway to heaven, which refers to the steps leading up to the roof of D building. They were attempting to test the fact that it is possible to lead a cow upstairs, but impossible to lead it downstairs because a cow's knees cannot bend properly to walk back down. Yeah, it's not entirely true because I brought some cows up here and they all left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So fat jokes aren't in this season, I can tell. (laughs) Okay. Mark those off the list. The cow was led onto the roof with little difficulty, but sure enough, it could not walk back down. Because student housing could not figure out a way to remove the cow from the roof, it was decided that she would have to be killed on location, and so she was. Now it is said that on clear nights, if you sit quietly at the stairway to heaven, you can hear the faint moos of dear Betsy's ghost, the cow that died on the roof. What the fuck kind of like... Plan is that. Well, stuck. We're just going to have to kill it. <laughs> just shoot her off the roof. Uh, How sad. I don't know. What a weird way to make steaks. But ghost cow, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the missing math man. The missing mathematician in the Kearney elevator. In the winter of 2008, a math major dropped his calculator down the elevator. The story is that he went underneath the elevator to retrieve it, but got stuck. Underneath, he had to stay for he had to stay for a chemistry final that night, but everyone else had already left for winter break. Some students saw him the night saw him that night missing his calculator and knew he wanted to retrieve it, but no one knew if he was actually going to try. No one knows the actual truth, and no one ever saw the body again. The only trace left to him is the calculator under the Kearney elevator and the knocking he is known to make when the ghost tries to escape every night around 2 a.m. I don't feel like that one's true. I don't either, but. I found it on Reddit, and there's people taking pictures of the calculator down there, and it's always oh, the so same. Oh, so there really is a calculator it's down there? It's always the same calculator. I feel like somebody just dropped their calculator and made the whole thing up. Mm, probably. Some kid that was, like, from out of state and just left. <laughs> I feel like back. a true mathematician would have more than one calculator. Yeah, but what if it is it his T, is it one of those uh, TI Texas instrument calculators? Because those things are expensive. Maybe. I might try to crawl under an elevator for mine. Well, that's just dumb. They're expensive, Monty. I feel like maybe you just get a hook and a rope. Listen, I'm from Kansas. I'll lasso and Look, we're mathematicians over here, not engineers. engineers okay. Mm. <laughs> You're right. My bad. Tripod. Tripodoro? Tripodoro? Tripodoro. You gave me this one on purpose, didn't you? I most certainly did. (laughs) Tripodoro. (laughs) Hell no, I'm not trying pot. Grow up. Collapsofemoris geocatapelitis. The scientific a, name. It, it, that's, yeah, that's the, the science name for it. it. Is a mysterious creature from the California wilderness. It was described to have two contractile or telescopic legs and a kangaroo-like tail that it uses to balance itself while aiming. Aiming what? Yeah, let's find out. <laughs> However, four-legged varieties of the tripodoro have also been seen. These lack the long tail. 
The Tripoderos body is not large, but it is solidly built, and its head is all, all, nearly all snout. It sounds like a kangaroo. Only it's tripody. Maybe it's just a kangaroo with a birth defect. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm like, I don't know why I have this weird pouch, and I'm going to punch things. Then I just, like, hop down the... I have no idea where I'm going with this. I, you know what? I don't apologize. Fuck it. Tripodero lives in areas of dense bush and undergrowth, hunting for birds and other small animals that are its main source of food. When it sees some prey, the tripodero slowly extends its leg, thereby raising its body above the bush. When it has a clear line of sight, the tripodero then shoots a mud pellet, a supply of which it stores in its left cheek out of its blowgun-like snout. Then the prey is stunned, and the tripodero can then consume it. Left cheek the tripodero only. is a lethal creature of extreme accuracy and calculation who rarely misses. Well, hell yeah. When its legs are not extended, the tripodero can move, move quite rapidly and stealthily through the bush. Although it's still easily outrun by other woodland creatures, though outmatched in speed, the tripodero's natural firearm proves to be the great equalizer against its potential meal. When its legs extended, with its legs extended, the tripodero can be a very dangerous predator. Lurking over the bush, it can easily spot potential prey. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just it's left pouch huh yep i love the tripodero i, I mean I, I don't not like the tripodero well it's i saw a ridiculous i saw a picture of him and i was like yeah we're doing the tripodero it's gonna be great i could only find two accounts of him uh both were like copyrighted in books i don't think we could read one's like great folklore tales or something like that of american wood choppers or some shit american wood choppers yeah wood choppers lumberjacks wood choppers <laughs> that's what i meant to say <laughs> Just came out wood choppers. What do you do for a living? Well, I'm a wood chopper. <laughs> you mean a lumberjack? No, I'm a wood chopper. Yeah, there were actually no uh, eyewitness accounts we could use, believe it or not. They and, got hit with mud pellets. Well, yeah, they did. They're and were stunned. Deadly accuracy. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Toad Hollow, which Toad Hollow sounds really awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Prepare to be disappointed. Oh, dang it. Oh, dang it. The Toad Tunnel is a six-inch diameter pipe which runs under the Pole Line Road overpass that bridges I-80. Despite the name, this is also for frogs, not just toads. Oh, inclusive <laughs> of them. Uh, its purpose was to allow these creatures to travel from the area where they lived to a core area pond, aka Toad Hollow, at the other end. Uh, because of the buildings, because of the building of blah, because of the building of the overpass, animal lovers, including Julia Hartansky, worried about toads being squashed by cars. Because before the overpass, a colony of toads hopped from one side of a dirt lot, which the overpass replaced, to the reservoir at the other end. So why why did we include this here? Well, a bar that sits here is Froggy's, a staple of downtown Davis. Several newer Davis businesses got started within Froggy's walls. Depending on which day of the week you enter, a completely different crowd will surround you in a unique camaraderie. But regardless of the day, you always see a blend of people who don't normally hang out together. Often the bar locals play Layers Dice. Wait, Liars Dice. Uh, many country music and classic rock fans rub friendly elbows here, too. Bars are no stranger to this historic location, as it was once a wooden ship and Ladder the Paragon, which I think were just bar names, but they were both haunted. Uh, Froggy's rose from the ashes of the Paragon when it was burnt down. Uh, the owners sold the bar business after a drinking-related death that accompanied lawsuits and criminal charges became... Onerous? I don't know if that's that a, how you say it? I have no idea. Is that even a real word? Uh, I mean, it's totally a word. I just don't know how to pronounce it. After they became much. 
Um, it said as a ghost is to haunt the pub. Uh, the name Froggy is probably a refer- reference to the Toad Tunnel. Um, but really, I wanted to include this because Froggy's specialty is frog legs. Mm, have you ever had frog legs oh, before? Oh, I love frog legs. They go they go frog gigging out here a lot. Mm. It's a pastime. Hell yeah. Of the locals frog gigging. I just love that they built this little toad hollow for the frogs to go through. And the specialty on the bar built right above it is frog legs. Well, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> Take what you got. <laughs> yeah, I ate, I ate frog legs coming back from, fuck, I don't know where. But I got him out of a van. This guy was just selling them out of his van. He had a little fryer. He was sitting out at some Probably gas Probably the station. best frog legs ever. They were so good. And everyone thought I was insane. I was like, no, dude, this, I'm not passing them up. Like, Oh, if that's if you're going to get frog legs, that's where you want to get frog legs yeah. from. Some, some old man in a van or a beat up truck with a fryer. Yep. That's how they do boiled peanuts down here. I don't like boiled. I didn't think I liked boiled peanuts either, but I kind of do. You got to get the Cajun ones and you have to make sure you get them at the right time. They can't, they have to be, have boiled long enough to be a little bit soggy, but not super soggy. I like them. I would try them again. Yep. Did you have them in a can or did you like get the real thing? Uh, I got them out of a, like I had a bucket when I tried them. Oh, it should come out of a fryer. They should come out hot. Oh, these weren't hot. They should come out like hot. Because oh. they're just sitting in a fryer. Yeah, oh, this you, guy just had a big so old bucket of them. You didn't have the right kind. They were warm. They should be hot. They were not. Like, when we get them, you have to, like, just drive around with them for a minute because they're too hot to actually eat. And then you try it, and you spit them out. Hasafa, hasafa, hasafa. Yeah. All right. Sorry if you think those were kind of weak cryptids. There was a hard-to-find stuff around there. I would think there'd be all kinds of cool stuff in Yolo County. Well, I didn't want to do... I was going to do some state stuff. I was going to do Bigfoot. The people love their Bigfoot out there. I love Bigfoot. Me too, but I did Squatch last time. I don't want to get stuck on Squatch stuff because people might bitch. But they I'd can l- bitch if they want to. That's fine. I'd love me some Squatches. Squatch Watch! That's me, Squatch Watch. Maybe we should have a Squatch Watch once a month. I'm down. We were. I mean, we're kind of there. We didn't do one for December, but we did do one for Thanksgiving with... Uh, gobble squatch. We might have and we to got do bat squatch. A mid a midway to gobble squatch episode because I've been collecting some gobble squatch goodies. <laughs> but what, you know, once you get in the deep uh, well, in the deep of gobble watch, gobble gobble squat, <laughs> gobble squabble watch, gobble squatch. Uh, it's hard to get out. Like you start getting down some pathways. I got some stories from people. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm excited You're too. Like, huh? No, I love Scott. I like Squatch Watch. You like Scobble Watch? I like Squabble Watch. I love Scotch. Okay, let's get out of here. I'm fine. Fine. Um, I will. There's not really a whole lot of links to leave with the Rico Harris case, but I will leave the Yolo County Police Department's phone number. So if you have any, you know, anything about his whereabouts or have seen anything, any sightings or anything like that, because he did disappear in what, 2014? So that, I mean, that's a little while mm-hmm. ago, but not. Fairly that new. long ago. Um, so yeah, I'll leave that. And uh, yeah, if thanks you for listening, guys. Have ever been to Todd Toad Todd's Hollow Toad? Never mind. If you've ever been to Toad Hollow, let us know how the frog legs are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot speak today. I can't either. It's okay. Man, and if you guys get a chance, uh, go to our Patreon page and support us there. And you know, thank you guys for listening. Um, and make sure you check out Pints of the Roundtable and uh, th- their Patreon page which is our Patreon page. There's a lot of extra bonus stuff on there, like Taco Brews Day and Press Play. Um, so check all that out, because a lot of people working on a lot of good things. 
Yep, a lot of stuff there. I'm trying to make this a whole podcast network. You could hear us five days a week, maybe more. I mean, it kind of is a whole podcast. You're not trying. It kind of is. You're correct. You're not trying. It's it's done. It's a podcast network at this point. And I love it. It's amazing. I like it too. And we got a, a lot of support from a lot of people, but we need more support. It takes time yep. and money to keep this thing going and just... And even if it's, you know, listening and sharing, we appreciate that too. And send us some emails. Let us know what you want to hear. And if you have a gobble and... squash story, definitely... <laughs> And reviews, leave reviews too, because that helps other people see the the podcast when they're searching for things. So just go ahead and leave a review. Hell yeah. Cool. That's all I got. That's all I got. Short and sweet, just like you. I've been, I'm not short. No. I'm pretty tall. I think I'm taller than you. It depends on what shoes you're wearing. Like no shoes. Pretty sure with no shoes, I'm taller than you and then I with get a, your shoes on. I get to wear shoes and you're still taller than me? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like your attitude. Well, it's facts, man. I'm just spitting facts right now. I appreciate it if you'd stop spitting. <laughs> okay. Oh, do I start this? Okay. I think my eyes are going bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's to the girls of the American shore. I love what? <laughs> I love but one. I love no more. Since she's not here to drink her part, I'll drink her drink with all my heart. Ah. Cheers. Cheers.